Hello! From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Encyclopedia Womanica. Today's politician was one of the longest-serving women of color in the U.S. Congress. She spent several of her over two decades of service being the only black woman in the chamber. Let's talk about Cardis Collins. Cardis Robertson was born on September 24, 1931, in St. Louis, Missouri. When Cardis turned 10, her family moved to Detroit, where she attended high school. After graduation, Cardis moved to Chicago to live with her grandmother and find a job. She worked in a mattress factory before joining the Illinois Department of Labor as a stenographer. At the same time, she also studied accounting at Northwestern University. In 1958, Cardis married George W. Collins. The couple had a son, Kevin, the following year. After graduating from college in 1967, Cardis was promoted to secretary, then became an accountant and auditor for the Illinois Department of Revenue. All the while, she supported her husband's campaigns for aldermen, committeemen, and U.S. representative. Cardis also gained her first direct political experience as committee woman of the 24th Ward Regular Democratic Organization. In 1970, George won a seat in the U.S. House representing the predominantly African-American west side of Chicago. He was elected following the death of his predecessor. He served two terms and was particularly passionate about improving the lives of black people serving in the military. Shortly after winning an election to serve another term, George died in a plane crash. Cardis was devastated by the loss of her husband. Through her grief, she announced her candidacy to fill her husband's congressional seat. She was supported by the city mayor and won the nomination with 84% of the vote. She then won the election on June 5, 1973 with 92% of the vote. That made Cardis the first black woman to represent Illinois in Congress. Transitioning to her new congressional role wasn't easy. She was politically inexperienced and wasn't confident enough to voice all of her opinions right away. She relied on her colleagues to show her the ropes. And she later said, once people learned I had something to say, I gained confidence. Cardis's main goal as a representative was to improve life for the people on Chicago's west side, along with other low-income communities and people of color across the country. She always kept the well-being of her constituents as her main focus, spending eight days a month in her district to remain accessible. Because of the attention she paid her voters, she won back her seat with comfortable margins for two straight decades. Throughout her tenure, she would serve on several committees, including the Influential Committee on Energy and Commerce. She started serving on the Committee on Government Operations. She participated in two different subcommittees, later working to tighten regulations on the transportation of toxic materials and improve air travel safety. In 1979, Cardis was elected president of the Congressional Black Caucus. She was only the second woman to earn this honor. She openly criticized President Jimmy Carter's record on civil rights, as well as his failure to make Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday a national holiday. Cardis spent much of her time in Congress defending affirmative action programs 
and ensuring equal funding and attention to women and people of color. Curtis staunchly advocated breast cancer awareness. In 1990, she wrote a law expanding Medicare coverage for elderly and disabled women to receive mammograms. She also designated October as National Breast Cancer Awareness Month. In 1997, after 12 consecutive terms, Curtis decided not to run for re-election. She returned to Chicago and later decided to move to Alexandria, Virginia. She passed away on February 3, 2013. She was 81 years old. Curtis Collins overcame grief and hesitation to speak up and make a positive difference for people in her district and across the country. All month, we're talking about politicians. For more on why we're doing what we're doing, check out our newsletter, Womanica Weekly. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Encyclopedia Womanica. And follow me directly on Twitter at Jenny M. Kaplan. Special thanks to my favorite sister and co-creator, Liz Kaplan. Talk to you tomorrow. This week's episodes of Encyclopedia Womanica are brought to you by Bonfire, the easiest way to design, sell, and order premium shirts, all virtually and risk-free, with no out-of-pocket costs. On bonfire.com, you can upload a design or use their templates, and they'll take care of printing and shipping to your buyers. The platform allows you to fundraise to your community by encouraging supporters to wear your message loud and proud. They're trusted by the Women's March, Rock the Vote, and now Wonder Media Network, too. Check out the Encyclopedia Womanica t-shirt we designed to support the show. And sign up for Bonfire to kick off your own activist campaign at wondermedianetwork.com bonfire. That's wondermedianetwork.com bonfire. Before we go, I want to tell you about another show I think you'll like. Change Lab is a long-form interview podcast that explores the transformative power of creativity. Hosted by Lauren M. Buckman, the show is produced by Art Center College of Design, a global leader in art and design education. Change Lab tells extraordinary true stories about regular people living their life through the lens of creativity. It just began its seventh season, which is dedicated to amplifying Black voices in a conversation around creating concrete, measurable actions toward a more diverse and inclusive art and design community at Art Center and beyond. Subscribe, listen, and enjoy Change Lab wherever you get your podcasts.